G'day and welcome to Grad Chat. This is your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you very much. Now, if you may miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today, I would like to introduce you to Karina gerhardt Strawn, who has just completed her Master's in Health Studies in the School of Kinesiology and Health Studies under the supervision of Dr. Elaine Power. Welcome to Grad Chat, Karina. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So let's go straight into it. Your research topic is exploring the place of spirituality in Canadian health promotion. Now, when often we think about health, we think about our physical or mental health, but you're looking at another dimension, spirituality. What made you think about this aspect of health? And can you give us an overview of what you're actually looking at in particular? For sure. So let me start with kind of how I got onto this research path. The seed, I think, was planted partly in my undergrad. I did my undergrad here at Queen's, also in health studies. And I remember sitting in class and constantly being presented with common definitions of health. Very often, the one from the World Health Organization comes up, which is, you know, health is a state of complete physical, mental, social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. And I would see these definitions, and I would think, yeah, okay, I get it, it makes all sense, but I grew up understanding, you know, we need to look at body, mind, and spirit. And so I would see these definitions and be in class learning about health, but see an absence of discussion of spiritual health or spirituality. And so when I came back and started my master's, I had the opportunity to take a course with Dr. Jeffrey Masuda in the School of Kinesiology and Health Studies called Critical Health Promotion. Right. And my paper for the end of that course, I used as an opportunity to explore this gap that I was seeing of where is spirituality and spiritual health when we talk about health. That paper actually snowballed into my thesis. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens. One little paper becomes a huge paper. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Really does. And I remember first semester of grad school, we're encouraged to submit funding applications, but you have to have an idea of what your project might be. And I remember talking to Elaine and being like, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. And originally we came up with a project, you know, around yoga. And I was pretty, you know, I thought it might be a good project to do. But then I went home for Christmas break and I remember coming back after and talking with her and saying, you know, I want to go deeper. I want to do something more meaningful. And I always say now laughingly, you know, I don't, I didn't realize at the time how deep I was going to go or how much (laughs) I was going to be, you know, my understanding of the world was going to be broadened. Right. I'm really glad that I chose this path. And I think I knew I needed to have a project that was going to fulfill me and sustain me because it's two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting when you talk, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, when you talk about health promotion, we are just normally talking about physical and mental health. But when you say spirituality, and you mentioned yoga, are we talking more on the meditative side of health? Because spirituality could also be your religion. So what, what part of spirituality are you actually looking at there? Yeah. So 
I found it really interesting when I was talking to new people who I hadn't met and they were like, you know, what's your research about? And I would Mm -hmm. mention exploring the place of spirituality and health promotion. And I could very often see on their face or kind of get a sense of where their mind was going. And I think very often people associate spirituality with religion. Right. And my understanding and the understanding that my participants contributed to and kind of the understanding I came up with at the end of my project, and it's still evolving, I mean, it doesn't stop, Yes, is understanding spirituality is much broader than how we traditionally understand it or have understood it. Right. So I like to say that, you know, religion is one path to spirituality, but there's also many other paths. And so my project was really getting at what are these other aspects. Right, right. And I would say that there's kind of three key aspects to the understanding of spirituality that I discuss in my thesis. The first would be a connection with self. Right. And that's partly understanding ourselves as much more than just our physical body. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, all these components. Part of like a subset of that connection with self, for some people, that doesn't mean everyone, is a connection with a greater force above and beyond ourselves. So that gets into, you know, an understanding of God. Right. Creator, spirit. Some sort of faith. Yeah. The second component or aspect I would see is a connection with others, with community, friends, family. And it came up in a few interviews also about a connection with ancestors. So showing spirituality as transcending time and space. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. Is that more the last one in looking at ancestors? Is that more in the way, say, the indigenous population look at health as part of their the medicine wheel. Medicine wheel, yes. Is it all that part? Is that what you're looking at then? So that's definitely... Oh, that's what you mean? That's definitely part of it. So the indigenous aspect, and we can get into this a little bit more so I can finish talking about the aspects, but the indigenous aspect or indigenous ways of knowing and being came up in all my interviews. Right. To varying degrees, of course. And that was without having a question on my interview guide about that. Is that right? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So that was really interesting, and that was one of my major themes that I discussed in my thesis. But just going briefly back Mm -hmm. to the different aspects, so the first, you know, connection with self, second, connection with community and others, and then the third aspect is connection with nature, the environment, and non-human animals. Right. So nature and the environment was a huge theme among my participants, and linked to this idea, but it could also in a way be its own fourth aspect, is the idea of experiences of beauty. And one of my participants talked at length about this in terms of their understanding of spirituality as being related to connection to nature and connection to beauty. And beauty can be in nature, so okay, you know, yes. natural beauty, but it can also be human-created beauty. So is that internal beauty? So that, they were talking about it in the sense of, you know, architecture, so nice, you know, we think of cathedrals, magnificently done, you know, stained glass, that kind of thing, but then they also spend a a bunch of time talking about human-created beauty, so that can be through art and dance and music and creativity. Right, freeing yourself. Yeah, and and forms of expression. Right. Kind of taking inward expression and then making it outward. Right. So that, I think, was one of the most interesting interviews I did because it broadens this understanding of what we've thought spirituality to be previously. So why do you think this is an important topic, this spirituality as part of the whole health, (laughs) personal health? 
Why, why, well, why personal and collective health, per- right? Yes, true. Personal <laughs> and collective. Yes, true. I'll go back briefly to the Indigenous aspect. I right. think at our c- current context of reconciliation, understanding health as comprised of more factors than just the physical, right. um, you know, Indigenous ways of knowing and being teach us this, and, and we have a lot, I think, to learn from them. So I think understanding the world in a broader sense than just through the scientific method or kind of reducing, you know, humans and the natural world into compartmentalized pieces that we study. Because I think the big thing that comes out for me, and sorry for jumping in there, is with Indigenous ways, is so much to do with balance. Yes. And health is to do with, I'd like to think, balance, finding that balance. And balance actually was a word that came up in interviews. So one of the themes that came up actually was the language around how we talk about spirituality. Right. And so one of the things I like to ask participants was, um, you know, do you have other words that get at the meanings associated with spirituality but without using language that very often gets associated with religion in many people's minds? Right, right. And so balance, you know, was one option that people came up with, purpose and meaning, connectedness, authenticity, this idea of like heart, heart-centered, a heart-centered way of living, right, or a heart-opening approach to life. So, but why is it important, for instance, in Canada, that we should even put the word spirituality as part of the health or or health promotion in Canada? Why, why do you think that's important? Other than that, what we're looking at balance and everything, it's a, it's a part that's missing. <laughs> so again, I'll go back to the indigenous mm-hmm. aspect. So just think we can better relationships with indigenous peoples across the country and around the world. I would say. Right. Um, I also think you know this this lends itself to kind of non-Western ways of knowing indigenous perspectives being one aspect of that. Right. So I would also say you know immigrants, refugees, you know just understanding that there's other ways of knowing the world outside of the Western way of knowing, which relies right. very much on the scientific right. paradigm. Mm-hmm. And and when I say other ways of knowing, you know, spirituality, you know, we talk about intuition and dreams and, you know, just gut instincts, right. heart feelings, like all of that stuff tends to be marginalized and we don't talk about that because, oh, is that really true knowledge? Like, it. it it must be hard, though, because when we're looking at how Canada, and I'm going back to some of your topics that promotes health, it's hard to quantify what spirituality is. It's easy to say this many people have obesity or um, or not exercising enough. You know, the cardiovascular fitness is not very good. These, this number of people are in depression. But how do you measure spirituality? And I think that is the biggest issue and I think that's why it's been ignored right because we are so conditioned in this way of thinking that we have to measure everything Mm -hmm. and that was also an interesting theme that came up was that uh, participants actually critiqued the idea of this this term health okay Uh, so they actually one person in particular towards the end of my interviews and then I went back and looked at the earlier ones to see if this theme came up in in other ways as well spent time saying, you know, why do we have to talk about spiritual health? Why can't we just talk about spirituality? Why do we have to add health to it? Okay, good point. And that was actually partly because an earlier rendition of my research question actually was about exploring the place of spiritual health, not spirituality. Okay, So that kind of evolved throughout the research process as well. Right. And so part of the critique of health was that 
when we think of health, we think absence of disease, mm-hmm. which lends itself to thinking largely on the physical scale. Right. And then also very much that it's quantifiable. You know, yes. we think about the number of minutes we sweat, the calories we eat, right. all of that idea, right? And my project also lends itself to just critiquing how dominant that way of understanding the world mm-hmm. is. So some of the people you interview, and I'm, I'm just going to jump in here a little bit. You looked at the health promotion in Canada. There's a, a book called Health Promotion in Canada, and it's up to its fourth edition now. And you looked at that. So uh, just before I defended my thesis proposal, this book came out, uh, Health Promotion in Canada, the fourth edition in November 2017. And when I had my thesis proposal meeting, um, my committee members and I decided that this book would be a nice sampling frame to use of leading scholars in Canadian health promotion. Right. And so I actually interviewed book authors um, as well as some of them were, were part of the editor group as okay, well. Right. But the book itself is comprised of 40 authors. They contributed to 24 chapters on various topics related to right. health promotion in Canada. So I interviewed 13 of the authors. Um, was this book put together by the government asking for this to be put together? Like, you know, there's various ministries, government f- departments, so, so maybe health promotion department has said, we need you to do this. As far as I know, no. So it was just a, um, a group of people got together. Yeah. So, you know, some of the people in the book are in Canadian health promotion and quite well regarded and known right. across the country and around the world, I would say. Right. It's, and I know this is only part of what you're doing, but it was interesting when I was looking at this collection of authors and what they'd written about. And I was looking at the titles and I couldn't see anything there that said spirituality or even hinted that it could be in any of these chapters, which is fascinating, seeing particularly with this conversation that we're having. Were you surprised by that as well? So I'm glad that you picked up on that because when I first got a copy of the book, that's one of the first things I looked for was, you know, in the chapter titles, is there any mention mm-hmm. of this topic that I'm interested in exploring? Um, there is no mention of spirituality or spiritual health in the chapter titles. And also when you go to the back of the book and you look at the index, those words are also nowhere to be found. Right. So that further contributed to this gap that I've been seeing. Right. And I was curious to explore. Now, I should say that one of my interviewees did mention in the the interview that the number of comments in chapters over the editions, over the years, has increased. But no, about spirituality. About mention of spirituality, but not enough to put it in the index. And the way that they understood that was that, you know, some people in Canadian health promotion are thinking that this is an important aspect, but it's not widely recognized. So with the ones that you did interview then, do they realize or are they rethinking, so say, next version, version five, do you think after the conversations that they've had with you that perhaps they could at least dedicate one chapter to spirituality of health? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I did have someone comment that they were working on a book for health promotion for older adults and they were realizing through our conversation that this might be an important aspect to include in that book. Right. So maybe it'll diffuse over into this. I was heartened by the comments from many of my participants who said, you know, this is, I'm glad you're doing this. It's been on my mind, but none of the authors have done their own research on this topic. Right, right. So if they've had any thoughts about 
spirituality it's been in their own personal life right so that was really interesting to do the interviews and then many people said you know like this has been on my mind but I haven't done any research on it it's just been thoughts you know I see this as a gap and I'm glad you're addressing it you know one person said I think you've hit on a nerve here right so I was really glad that you know they were also kind of seeing the importance of it. I, I find it interesting because just in the short time that I've been living in Canada, and I think it's happening worldwide, particularly in Western world where everything is getting so fast and everyone's suddenly saying, we need to slow down. And so there are more yoga places opening up or meditation places or other ways that we connect with our inner self or help us to relax and things like that. So I'm actually surprised it hasn't been out there earlier in the mind of the health promoters and maybe it is but it just hasn't been written down so I think that's part of it I think that you know you can have what's being done outside of the academy Mm -hmm. and in communities and then whether that's actually showing up in the academic research or in right the academy is a different story I think it also lends itself to questioning and understanding like what types of knowledge get considered valid right Um, right you know is this actually an important aspect we need to be thinking about. My research indicates yes. And it's funny that you would talk about, you know, slowing down because people talked about the need to just like be and have space for contemplation yes. and stillness and, you know, breathing techniques. But even in academia, we talk about we need to be able to have reflection time. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say you're necessarily meditating, but you're reflecting back on what you've done. So you're taking a step back before moving forward again. But then we also think, are we, like, I just know from my grad experience, I didn't really feel like, other than, you know, knowing, because this is also a part of my personal life, making sure that I take that time. Right, right. But are the structures and the institutions that we live and work in actually allowing that time? It's a good point because... A couple of weeks ago, we had dissertation boot camp. And one of the things we do with part of that, which is allowing our grad students to come and have a distraction-free time to write. But we always put halfway through a, a yoga session for people who want it to just show them that you can. It's actually quite good to go and relax. And you don't have to be great at yoga. You just need to be able to go and relax and things and take some time to yourself. And everyone that's gone and done that said, I really needed that. So I think it's, it's only when we... we very often mentally we think oh you know I don't need to do that I just need to push through and it's when we go and take that time away that we realize how much more productive we are when we come back correct and yeah I think it's just really realizing that we need that time away and one of the things I like to say just because we are so surrounded by technology nowadays is you know we very often make sure we don't let our phones get to zero percent because we know then we can't use them right yes and yet when we think about ourselves we just burnout is a thing (laughs) it's a good point that's a good that's a good analogy that one so it's kind of you know like why do we make sure we keep charging our phone we also need to take time to charge our bodies our souls our spirits and then i guess i'm gonna toot our little horn here at the school of graduate studies when we do our running camps out at the lake which is a lovely opportunity to go and relax in nature. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. there's that nature connection, There's that nature right? connection, yeah. which is really, really important. In fact, when we ran dissertation boot camp for Directions Indigenous Student Centre was Running Sage, which is a writing retreat for Indigenous grad students um, up at one of the biology stations. Okay. So, you know, so aware how important yeah. well, being surrounded by nature can be. Yeah, we have a lot to learn from them. We and do. I think part of... You know, the theme that came up for me in my research was 
about restoring right relations with Indigenous peoples. Right. So really, you know, what what is this process of reconciliation that we're part of in our current point in history and and restoring those relationships and right. learning from each other. And it's not to say, you know, that the Western paradigm and the scientific knowledge is like bad and, and we need to ignore it. It's kind no. of how can we balance again, yes. going back to balance. <laughs> Love that word. How <laughs> can we balance, you know, indigenous perspectives, what they teach us and also the scientific knowledge. And there's a term called two eyed seeing. So yeah, it is. So did the research change it? <laughs> or were you already there anyway and you just wanted to prove it? It was partly a personal journey of seeing, you know, right. for myself, I see this gap. And I also know from conversations with friends, you know, I wasn't the only one. But I wanted to be the one to, you know, go ahead and take it into research and, and research the topic. And I would just say that I am even further convinced that we need to be thinking about our health and also just the world in general right? in a much broader holistic way. After doing this research, I think... What changed me was this one of these interviews in particular, which which was talking about beauty and art and creativity. Right. And, you know, things that I had engaged in previously but hadn't really connected to my health, I started mm-hmm. to see in a different light. And I think one of the takeaways of my research is that we understand those creative artistic activities as inherently health promoting. Right. And I think very often, you know, we're still stuck on the physical. Like, are you eating well? Are you exercising? Drug and alcohol control, all that. Yes. And sometimes, to me, health is being able to go out and laugh. Yes, laughter. Laughter oh. is fantastic. Yes. I like to do it all the time. I can, I'm pretty good at making a fool of myself, so that's lucky. <laughs> I should be exuding health. <laughs> Well, it's, it's kind of anything that brings us joy and awe mm-hmm. and wonder and... And yes, there are those periods of stillness and quietness and contemplation that we need to balance, especially in our hectic, busy lifestyles that yes, we lead. which is not good. So do you think with your paper and knowing what the Health Canada promotion or Health Promotion in Canada book says, what, what are you trying to hope will come from it? Just a, a greater awareness of spirituality is part of, a, of health? Are you wanting a government, whether it be local, provincial or federal, to start putting that word on the map as well into people's minds? Do we want to start it in schools, you know, in primary school and secondary school? What are you hoping to come from it? That's a great question and one that I definitely contemplated throughout the process, (laughs) obviously. Wondering, you know, how does this contribute to the world? I think, and I, I thought this throughout the project and, and in a couple of interviews, it came up to me as well that my project's right now kind of very much at a theoretical, philosophical level, just because right. there hasn't been much discussion about this topic. And, you know, when I went through the academic literature from my literature review, you know, I found half a dozen articles at least that made comment that spirituality is under discussed in health promotion. So okay. that also further well, helped that's, me that's good. feel like, okay, this, this is right a good track. gap that I'm noticing. Yes. So, so maintaining that theoretical philosophical level because 
we just need to start the discussion if it's not mm-hmm. really there, right? Yeah. That's where my project is right now. I have, I mean, thought of, you know, what is the practical aspect? And that's right. what some of my interviewees were like, you know, how do you do this on a practical level? And that's where they struggled with it. And maybe that's a PhD project or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But to me, it's getting that awareness out there to start with. Yeah, I think that's where my project's at right now. It's just, you know, we need to be aware of that this is an aspect we should be thinking about mm-hmm. and considering. I think the one other thing that the practical discussion, one of the issues with that is this, the language, which is, again, like I mentioned, one of the themes that came up is, you know, in a lot of people's minds, spiritualities connect to religion. Right. And religion has its own connotations. <laughs> yes. Its own connotations, right? And and that varies on people's backgrounds and histories mm-hmm. and experiences with well, sometimes it. Sometimes it can be very relaxing. I mean, you know, we have the um, the prayer room here on campus yeah, exactly. and, you know, with the churches where people can just go in and sit on a chair and yeah. contemplate and, and whatever. Yeah. And you don't even have to be part of that particular church, but you can go in and know it's, it's, a, it's a safe place, it's a quiet place. Mm-hmm. But on also, you know, not feeling like it has to happen in church to mm-hmm. connect with your spirituality. Exactly. And right. I think that's where the broadening of the idea of spirituality helps, right? So does it need to be a different word? <laughs> That's what I asked my participants. I don't think should we I be got a clear it, answer no? about that. Should we just call it part of your health, you need time for reflection, whatever that encompasses for you? I think part of how you can address this issue of language is knowing who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you find you need to be a little bit more generic or not use the word spiritual then find those other words like reflection and one person talked about you know the the term mindfulness-based stress reduction right right Um, which a lot of the counselors and things use the word mindfulness yeah mindfulness Mm -hmm. breathing techniques right um, you know other other ways of addressing this i think can soften it a little bit and one of my participants you know (laughs) their their kind of main piece of advice throughout the interview was like be subtle so you know, okay. maybe we do have to find other words. Right. Yeah. I think one. I think one part, whether we call it spirituality or not, and you you kind of alluded to this earlier, is is the sense of community that we're not in. Yeah. We're not in this world on our own. Yeah. We have a lot of people around us, and we're all support. We're hopefully supporting each other, and that alone can help your own personal health and hopefully the collective. Yeah. Health for sure, and. This idea of relationships and relationality, I think, is the underpinning foundation of the spirituality that I explore in my thesis. So, you know, when I say connection with self, with others, with nature, it's all about our relationships to those things and and people in this world. People in the world, yeah. And, And to me, spirituality is about the interconnectedness of life and relationships and how we interact with that. Right. And so... The interconnectedness, the relationships, that is, I think, a key tenant or, or foundation, right. founding principle of, of spirituality that we just need to kind of become more aware of, I think. I think it's interesting, too, and I'm conscious of the time, but I'm, I'm interesting to, I find it interesting, like when, you know, young kids, they go to daycare and they normally have a session or a, an hour or so in the afternoon when they all go and take a nap. Right, yeah. And yet as we get older, that, that nap goes away. And we keep saying, oh, if, if I could just have a 20-minute nap or something. Yeah. And there actually are organisations who are 
giving their staff time to go and have a nap. And then, of course, they're much more productive after because yeah. they're, re- as we talked, rejuvenated, re- re-energised themselves. I think there's a slow movement. It's clearly a long way to go, but there is some sort of movement. So with the research that you're doing, I think because people like to have some fact behind a lot of the times people don't like to make change unless there's some concrete evidence yeah <laughs> whether we like that or not the fact that you're bringing this to the fore can only be a good start mm-hmm. yeah no that's what I feel for sure as well and I'm heartened by the research that I've done and, and what my participants have to say so you're going to do a few papers from this I am, yes. I'm hoping to publish in the next few months. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. It'll be interesting to read to see how you put it all together because it can't be easy <laughs> well, because it is yeah. something you could go off on all sorts of tangents, really. Yeah. Have you thought about going on a talking circuit or something? Honestly, I am taking advantage of the different opportunities. Right. Grad Chat was one of the things I wanted to do. Um, speaking at the Band Center recently right. was another opportunity to present my research. So actually, you're not far off. I was like, <laughs> you know, grabbing the opportunities as they come. That's good. So. Well, keep keep going with that. Yeah. And as and I'm just going to put a couple of other things in. Of course, you do teach yoga. I do. And obviously, these other things help you relax too. You're in a flute choir. Yeah. And you cook and you bake. And you do crafting. All things that can ease your mind. (laughs) But yeah, honestly, you know, when you asked about, like, how have I been changed by my research, Mm -hmm. I think it was just recognizing that all these aspects that I like to do and how much benefit they actually are offering me. And, And I guess I would also just say, like, for students that we just need to recognize the value and and prioritize the recharging and the rejuvenation that Uh, those activities give us. It's okay to stop for a day. It's okay (laughs) to stop for a couple of hours. And whether it's going having a cup of coffee with a mate or just walking down the street or joining a yoga class. I mean, you're allowed to do that and it's good for us to take that break. It's almost this mental hurdle we have to overcome because we think, oh, we have to push through. I only have this much time to get this assignment done and you know we feel already at the end of our string and tired and whatever and then we don't think that taking that you know 30 minute walk or an hour you know yoga class or whatever is really going to pay off and be productive but I think at least in my experience taking that time away and doing those other things other activities makes you more productive yes absolutely when you come back to your project yeah. and you and much, have more much focus. more efficient. Oh, yeah, big much time. more efficient. Yeah. So that's a bit of food for thought for everyone. We all need to slow down a little bit and, uh, and it's okay to be able to take time off and uh, recharge ourselves and have some fun as well. I mean, yes, like I said, love to, as they say, is one of the best medicines out there. Agree. <laughs> so, Karina, great chatting with you. Thank, Thank you so you. much this for coming wonderful. on. Good. <laughs> I'm so glad you came on because it's open. I'm sure this opened up a lot of people's minds. Of it's probably been in the back of their minds, but we need to bring it to the front of their minds. I think it's really a process of uncovering what we know. Yes. But what we've been conditioned to think is not part of how we should live our lives exactly exactly and and just kind of re-coming back to like what gives us purpose and meaning in life and and that's really you know why we're here and i think that's even more important now for our kids who are growing up in a world of technology not going out playing as they used to because play playing is a form of relaxation Um, so i think it's important that we can start doing that from the early ages all the way through yeah yeah. Not well, taking away nap time. Not taking, no, bring back the nap time, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Karina, once again, thank you very much. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And good luck with your book tour (laughs) (laughs) down the track. I'm sure you could do it. Other people have told me that. Well, I think you could easily do it. I think a lot of people would be interested in listening to what you have to say. Thank you. Well, if people have speaking opportunities where they think this topic would fit, I'm more than happy. So feel free to get in touch. Fantastic. Everyone out there in Kingston and Frontenac and beyond, Corinda's available. There you go. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget you can download this show tomorrow from either iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.